change? How does it happen at a societal level? Often a topic that bores me to tears. But today I'm going to cry for you. I'm going to cry, sweet, sweet progressive reform, as I have a interesting conversation with my friend Conrad as he steps in to fill in last minute for an interview on Open Loops with Greg Bornstein. Sob, sob. I consider it an affront to my family that you haven't heard about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. Okay, let me let me just lay this out for you. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And, and get this, okay? Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money, moolah, from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Today, we had something very interesting happen. I I have had someone fill in last minute for an interview, but this guy, great friend of mine, very talented actor, uh, sound technician, father, leader, director, great guy named Conrad Custer, who works with me at the American Immersion Theater. We do live party entertainment. He decided to come on and chat with us for about a half hour. So I thought it would be a very um, interesting conversation. I mean, I friendships, I think, are founded on having nonstop conversations, having conversations that never end. I, I think that's an important aspect of friendship. I think it's an important aspect of all relationships. Every great relationship I've ever had has come from me believing that uh, I'm having a conversation that's not over. Like you keep wanting to converse with that person. Um, for me, it just happens to be verbal. Some people it's physical. Some people it's more uh, meditative, taking the person in energetically. Sometimes you don't need to say the words. Uh, for me, it's 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 very verbal. Uh, if you haven't picked that up already. Uh, I even go into really the formation of this podcast and why I'm doing it a little more. Talk about my life coach, Spencer Burnett. Uh, you know, I, I just wanted to really lay it all out there because Conrad always asks me the tough questions. So we go into that. And hopefully you even learn something about mind shift uh, or mindset shifts that you can bring into your everyday life. And uh, I'll, I'll interview Spencer and the work I'm doing to maximize my efficiency and mindset uh, in the future. But for now, here is Conrad Custer in a nice conversation. Yeah, baby. 
this is it, man. This is real. This is me <laughs> living the dream over here. <laughs> where, where did you get this set up? Oh, my gosh. I mean, uh, let's see. Uh, probably last week is when all the equipment came in. Last week. Wait, so did you drop the dough on this setup? Or did Dude, you know what? Bruce it's... Bornstein investment. <laughs> look, 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 look. Bruce Bornstein is very <laughs> much investing as little resources as possible <laughs> into my future as a podcaster. He's like, is, oh, is this going to make money? Uh, you need a real job. Uh, da, da, da. And it's true. He's a dose of reality for you. Yeah, but... I, Conrad, I mean, look, the story goes back. The story really goes back to me meeting a life coach over this pandemic that is pushing me to do this. Okay, so you met a life coach. I'm working with this what, person, too. But uh, I want to know where you met this person. How did you find them? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so <laughs> <What, laughs> this is my interview? <laughs> yeah. This is uh, it. This is the conversation. Dude, see, this is it. You know, I interviewed somebody else and they were like, Greg, this show's just going to be your therapy is what it comes down to. Um, no, yeah. I don't think it's a therapy. I'm just, I just find it curious. Yeah. So look. Like uh, where and, are people finding life coaches? You know? I, I, I am going to uh, definitely have him on the show one day uh it's this guy named spencer burnett who created something called precise language um basically okay here's the story conrad you know that i study hypnosis i have a lot of courses and different people that i've like researched and have curious about and even done trainings with and i got an email from a guy David Snyder is his name. He's out in California, who's really a great hypnotist and a great teacher. And he never emails about other people ever. All his emails are self-promotional. They're always about like, sign up for my Chinese face reading class, which is like, oh, I mean, like just like your face. Right? Yeah. Intriguing I, I, that's, stuff. That's intriguing. Yeah. So he's a guy that I followed a long time. Um, and he said, this guy, Spencer Burnett, he has something called precise language. It's a different, I had a session with him and I got something out of it. I never really recommend other people, but he's doing this live event in his Facebook page. Go check it out. And I was like, okay, if this guy recommends it, I want to see what he's doing. And I went to the event and to be honest with you, um, the event itself didn't I, I saw what he was doing and I saw the value of what he was doing, but to me, I definitely I definitely had like a bit of a more skeptical eye because I'm like I kind of precise language is about um it's about clarifying loose ends in your mind with regards to the way you think. And I've kind of thought that's all he was teaching. Like he was just teaching people to like like if you're like oh. I'm not at a job right now. I'm not working right now. He's like, not, not to void word. Come up with the other, go into that. Like he's about avoiding, like people have a lot of voids in their language that is directly related to where their minds are at. And he's all about like, if I can, in a precise language session, grill someone such that they are able to eliminate those things in their mind that are just kind of, 
open loops in a way, just opened up, uh, then they can actually make progress and come up with something actionable for their life, which I just found interesting. And he was like- have you had like an individual appointment with this guy? And yet? I did. So that's what I did. I had a session with him and I was skeptical then too, man. But what he told me, he's like, and this is stuff, you know, we've talked about this a lot, Conrad. He, I was, I laid it out to him. I'm like, dude, I think I need someone to really unpack the open loops in my head. Like I have a lot of like, I've, you know, I, I always talk about real, I'm like, I'll get into real estate investing. I'll become a hypnotherapist. I'm working at a murder mystery company. Should I do a sales job? My whole life I've like started, it seems like I start a project and then like it trickles out. And I have that initial like impulse to move forward, but I can never f- manage it. And then, you know, what, like what we've talked about Conrad and uh, you know, with your, <laughs> I, I, I mean, your mother is a spiritual advisor um, and we've talked to her and we, we directly talked to her about my issues. And she was like, Greg, I feel like there's an administration piece missing. Like she picked up on that at me. And I yeah. absolutely agreed. I, I, when she said that, because this was around the time when I talked to her about this was around the time I was really like trying to get into life coaching. I realized, Oh my gosh, she's so right. I do not have a method of producing results like oversee my brain doesn't naturally like it's not naturally attracted to like looking at a process breaking down the steps and then executing and this guy's like yeah dude i was like that too and what happens is you have so many different things in your mind that you started that when you don't complete a task like when something's unfinished those open things in your mind build up and compound in a way that for a lot of people leads to depression. Like he's like those kind of things, like having so many projects that you said you were going to start and don't finish over time that just builds in your mind and it can take, it's taken me to a very dark place. And he's like, with you, if you were to really go into some certain direction, like commit to a project and then work with the systems that I've set up to help you actually become a self-administrator, you could actually, in six months from now, you could be an entirely different person. And it doesn't even matter if it's coaching or for your acting career, like my whole coaching program is about teaching people how to go from, how to get true power, which he equates as power is the ability to have an idea of what you want to do and then being able to do it. Like how quickly are you able to go from thought to reality, which is a lot of the metaphysical stuff we've talked about. There's a lot of parallel there, right? About like the ability, magic, the ability to manifest your thoughts, alchemy. Um, He's really, he comes from a kind of, his teaching, he says he's channeled, which I, I wanna delve into him more about, but it sort of came through to him that what he had to do was figure out why is it so hard for me to get from I have this great thought and this great idea to execution. And dude, I have to tell you, Conrad, like <laughs> you'd be amazed at the systems I have set up because of what this coaching, which I have paid this man for, um, <laughs> I because I, you know what? It's an investment in myself, but I, I believe in it. 
I, he's forced me to be like taskless Google calendar. How long will the task take? Put it in the calendar. You have two hours here. Great. Label it. And then the idea being Conrad that at the end of the day, it's like either you did the task or you didn't. That's sort of what he says is good leadership for a company and in general for your life. Can you map out your life in such a way that everything's binary? so that you have the things you have to do and it's either I did it or I didn't do it. Like if you can break down your acting career, your business, your dreams, anything down to the task you have to take so that at a certain time box on the Google calendar, you just show up and do that thing. He believes you can really, at this point, manifest anything in your life by actually taking those steps. So that's what I'm doing, man. No, really I think that's great. And uh, I think that that's great. It's, uh, it's inspired you to do this podcast that you've always talked about doing. And, you know, I've always been the one to make lists. Like every day I make a list of things that I want to do. And I think it's just training yourself to, to do it when, uh, you know, when you plan to do it. Um, yeah. So, well, what is, you know, has this time for you been, I've been wondering about this with you, that, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've had a lot of time off, you know, I mean, we both, uh, we work, work together at, at a party entertainment company called the uh, American Immersion Theater. Uh, the Murder Mystery Company is where we both initially met. And, you know, we're not doing shows right now. I mean, they're starting to open things up again and shows might come back. But I, I was thinking like, Conrad is so, they, you, you do base your life on these lists and you do look at tasks and you look at what you have to do. Um, how has this time been for you without Well, that? you know, I was able to go back to Tennessee uh, where I have my son, okay? So when I'm living in New York, I uh, try to come back and see my son every other month. Uh, you know, uh, for a weekend, for an extended weekend. And, um, you know, our flexible job allows me to do that. But um, it's been great to be back for this extended period of time because it's really given me something to, to really focus on and, and invest all my time in. And it was, mm. it was very easy to replace, you know, job success and progressing in a job and, um, stuff like that to just being, okay, I'm going to focus on my son and family that I'm here for right now. In the first couple of weeks, it made it feel like it was very much like a vacation, like I was on one of these extended weekends. And it kind of just feels like that even now. Um, yeah. So this whole time has just been very healing for me. I've spent a lot of time with my son. And uh, it's been great to be here for him and uh, his mom, who's trying to get back to work here in Tennessee. And I still have nothing really going on. Uh, bes besides that personal time stuff, I very much am a routine-based person. So I have yeah. my things that I do on a daily basis that keep me feeling like I'm doing a routine and doing success. I, I run and work out every day. I lift weights. I do yoga and run. Yeah, a lot of self-care. A lot like of self-care. Every single day I do that. And it's like a two hour block. Yes. <laughs> I know yes. in my head, I'm like, okay, I, that's going to take two hours. Where am I going to fit it in today? So I know I do it. And then I, I have this app called Musician, and I do 30 minutes of guitar practice every day. 
uh, and I'll like plug that in different places. And then um, I have uh, my uh, Western mysteries practice, my Kabbalah practice that I'll throw in it. once every two days. Uh, Do you think so, like right now people are, I mean, what is your take? You usually have very good takes on sort of like the energy of the people. Do you think that, uh, and, and we come from an actor community, so we, we generally are t dealing with artists. Do you, what is your sense on everybody's like relationship to routine during their days right now? Do you think people are lost? Do you think people have come up with something that they, they're more passionate about that they're pursuing? Like, what is your read on what's happening right now with everyone's relationship to time and productivity? Oh man. Well, I don't know. I think. I, I, I honestly don't have a good sense of it. It seems scattered. It's, it's weird. It almost seems like everybody we knew like just has disappeared for a while. But yeah, I, I haven't really been in contact with many of our actor friends. I wonder what they keep up to. Now, that would be a poll. I think asking yeah. all of these people that worked in entertainment who use entertainment for different, to fill different holes in themselves, whether it's professional or whether it's <laughs> yes. passion or whether they need to be around people and perform and, and be uh, affirmed in that way. Um, I'm really curious what a lot of our coworkers have been up to. Cause I've always been yeah. a man that's enjoyed independence and, and uh, time alone and needing a lot of space to myself. Uh, and then I can go out and give that energy to other people. And I love to do that. But I think some other, some people have a very difficult time with this idea of, okay, you can't perform, yeah. you can't work. What is your purpose of life right now? So people have different <laughs> ways that they fill those holes. And, you know, I've just filled it with fitness and uh, still progressing in other ways that I wasn't, you know, maybe didn't have time for, like guitar and uh, spiritual practices. So, yeah. um, you know, since I've been in quarantine, I've lost like five pounds and that's not because... Uh, I'm not eating or anything. That's just because I'm working out every day. I weigh less than I did in high school. Oh my gosh. Wow. So I'm like, Jesus. Yeah, no, you already were pretty svelte. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> back in New York. So I'm like, oh gosh, yeah. this guy's lost more crap. I got to catch up. What the hell, man? No, um, nobody's got to catch up. Everybody's on their own scale, literally. Um, right, right. But, you know. Yeah, I've had fun, man. I've been hanging with my son and hanging with my family. And in Tennessee, um, it's, it's very unlike New York. I've talked to people in New York, and the whole mindset is completely different. I'm the curious. Big, yeah, tell me about that. New York is on lockdown, and people can't even imagine getting out of the house for a few hours might be a dangerous thing in their mind. Mm. But here in Tennessee, everybody lives so distantly from each other already that people are out every day still. Yeah. I go on these runs around my neighborhood and not only are people running around and there's plenty of room on the street for everybody to run with, with distance from each other, but everybody's out in their yards. What about the and masks? Nobody's wearing masks, masks. Wow. Not, not during the runs, not during the walks. Hmm. Um, and in the hour that I'm out running, I must count probably a hundred cars leaving my neighborhood and coming back in. So people are going out. People are busy, man. That's interesting. Yeah, because I do wonder, well, you know, it, it makes me wonder about 
who are the people in New York City that when we see these clips of they, they kept playing them, I, it was about like a week and a half ago where they kept showing like clips of Hell's Kitchen, New York City opening up, people in the streets without masks, not socially distancing, partying. Uh, I'm going, you know what? I, I definitely agree. There is a mentality. It seems still divided in mentality there. Half the people want to stay in. Or maybe maybe it's more. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's most people. But there's some people that are just like almost defiantly going outside. Like it's there's a sense, there's an interesting sense of like rebellion in this country that even goes to liberal New York City. People want to get out and they want to be close and they think it's not a risk to them. Uh, I mean, you know what? I think it's a uniquely American mindset because you look at all these other countries that already have very socialized communal policies mm. uh, as far as healthcare and as far as like social security systems and retirement and how the whole community comes together to aid these things that they've all agreed on. And in the United States, it's always been about the individual and climbing mm. that ladder. And that's appealing to people in many countries that migrate here. Yeah. People come uh, over here and it amazes me still because I'm very leftist, uh, liberal, and lots of these, so I'd love some of these socialist programs in America. But you see lots of people that migrate here for that opportunity because the, their system and their country doesn't allow them to climb the ladder to the point where they want. They're so, uh, they're so driven that they want more success than their current system allows them to have. So they come here to climb that ladder um, because they weren't being fulfilled by those systems. Do you think we've but, disillusioned a lot of those countries now with the way things are going? I mean, this Europe ban, like, are we just, do we really look this bad? I'm nervous that we look terrible right I now think, to the world. Well, I think that there's always been um, an imagined America's greatness. Uh, now, as far as uh, how valid that is, I don't know. Yeah. Different countries, it might just be the grass is always greener. I do say that I think since Donald Trump has been in office, I think that people's imagination of America's greatness has fought, fell through right. a lot uh, just by the way the country is in, uh, you know, kind of in shambles right now in different ways, especially in the response to the coronavirus. Because if you just think, Greg, imagine if at the beginning of this crisis, remember how they said Italy was the worst country. Yeah, Italy was the worst. Everybody was saying Italy, Italy, everybody's dying. They locked everybody down in Italy for like a month. They said, nobody leaves, but we're going to take care of you. We're going to pay, you know, don't worry about food. We just need you to stay inside. Nobody leaves. And then people who have the virus, it runs its course. And now there's no virus. It's practically yeah. gone because they all stayed inside for a month because they commune. It made a community decision as a country that everybody was going to make the sacrifice to stay inside for a month. Then we're going to leave their house. And now there's no virus, but here yeah. people are like, no, 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 I can't <laughs> leave. Uh, you know, you can't tell right. me to stay home, but it's like, just think at the beginning of this, if our government or if our ruling body, or if we as a society made the decision that we were all going to stay indoors for one month, so everybody who had the virus would run its course, and then the virus wouldn't be anywhere. We could lock down our borders until this whole thing has run its course globally, and we'd be over, everything would be back open. The economy would be back open. 
Everybody could work. Life would go back to normal because there would be no virus because we decided to lock down for one month. And instead, this is going on. People are still dying and it's getting worse in many places. Now, look, I mean, this is, I, I totally am with you about this. And I, as I'm sitting here listening to you talk about this, I'm like, oh gosh, is this, is this what my show is? Is it political? Is it, but, but, but I'm like, do I need to spice this up with conspiracy? Is it, but I, <laughs> no, I mean, this is all just, uh, no, but I think it's good conjecture. stuff. I think it's very important. This is just philosophical. I'm not saying that I've studied these stats or anything. Well, I do wonder about what's going on. I mean, I follow the news, Conrad, and I'm like, see, this is what my dad always says. He's like, (laughs) he says this to my mom because my mom is very anti-Donald Trump, as we both know. Um, My dad's always like, yes, but Mitch McConnell is worse. And I know what he means by that because it kind of seems like at the end of the day, Mitch McConnell or the, the Senate is ultimately the same thing happened with Obama trying to pass his stuff. It's like, these Congress guys are really as idiotic as the things Trump says are. Is it really, do you think it's that standstill against the Congress, why there's no leadership? Like, why is it so bad? Like, I've never, I can't imagine one person, nobody else can be like, hey, he's very bad. Here's other leadership that you should be following. Like, does the executive branch have that much power right now, you think? No, we've always had a system of checks and balances, and the executive branch, um, in my mind, sure, it has its own powers, but it's always become like kind of a scapegoat, right? Mm. Because you look at these presidents we've had, and of course, they've made decisions, but then lots of that goes down to Congress and what the Supreme Court will approve and what their Congresses allow. I mean, the, the Affordable Care Act could be something totally different if Congress didn't water down a lot of policies and stuff to to make it what it is yeah um so you know i think that it has to do with a lot i think that our congress needs term limits you see these lifetime uh politicians that don't serve the american people and i mm-hmm. posted something on instagram because i just think the hypocrisy is hilarious that you see nancy pelosi <laughs> and chuck schumer in these african garb making a very public showing during yes. the black lives matter thing But then when it comes to New York and a bright new politician getting involved, New uh, New York City Bronx teacher, you know, with a testimony of being beaten by police because of Mm. his color at a young age, growing up in the projects, running for Congress in New York, and he's up against in the Democratic primaries, a career politician, old uh, Caucasian man. And they come out and say that they support the old Caucasian man. Right, (laughs) right. There they are, this African garb, sporting Black Lives Matter, (laughs) trying to bring, you know, trying to make that compromise to make that grand showing that they're for this big moment and movement in history. But then when it comes time to actually support somebody that will make change in the system, they say, no, we throw our support to the, to the other person. Right. Well, do you think that's sort of, I mean, I, I've definitely heard that criticism with regards to what's happening right now with the 
uh, all the businesses coming out and uh, I mean, the most cynical would call it virtue signaling when a company comes forward and like, like you get a message from, you know, uh, Domino's Pizza that they support the Black Lives Matter movement. You know, there's always, I mean, at least from my perspective, I'm always going, <laughs> yes, but are you, uh, yeah, is this you gotta a know money how thing? Feels. Yes, exactly. You gotta know how your pizza feels about the movement. <laughs> right, right. Like, are you just trying to? And then the other thing, I'm yeah. like, well, if they were really helping these communities, would the wouldn't these people in power be willing to maybe give up some money to support efforts that would actually make right. opportunities equal? You never see. I mean, nobody really puts their money where they say their mouth is. I believe some people do, but like the big corporations, um, uh, I I did it. I put a black square up on my Instagram for the Blackout Tuesday, but I know that's not enough. I know that, and I also recognize that I'm not like a multi-billionaire that can just rebuild <laughs> something from the the ground up. So it's like, at the end of the day, how much? And not not even this. This is about Black Lives Matter, but I'm talking about like the economic devastation in this country. Is Jeff Bezos ever going to give to the little guy? Ever really? Is he going to give back ever? I don't think so. They have to be made. I think I, I really don't know the answer to that, but I think I think the idea is, you know, yes, you don't have any money to give, but what you do have to give is your consciousness. Mm. So, and you see it now. And I'm not criticizing a, any movements taken by people with the black squares or anything. But what you're seeing is people that weren't aware of this problem are now becoming aware of the problem and a change of consciousness is happening, right? So mm. as people change consciousness to being aware that this issue still exists and that this is happening, that's where change then hap uh, comes forth because people are all of this new consciousness. Uh, that change needs to happen and people are aware of it and they address all, everything that comes up in themselves when their gut feeling or their instinct that, has existed in them since the beginning of the human genome then starts clashing with this new change in consciousness that's when change happens and mm. um so i think that as we see the gradual progression of consciousness through our communities that we're going to see a change in uh actions of communities yeah um, yeah and you see it now too it's very small but you see these congressmen being replaced with uh people that are truly speaking the voice of the people they represent and that's you know on both sides <laughs> yeah uh but you see that it's kind of happening um but anyway greg my my light is blinking i have to go and run off and do <laughs> mysteries now so really oh my gosh yeah. very cool well look thank you for coming on this will be a truncated episode um is there anything you want me to promote i mean i will link your instagram handle if you have a <laughs> artist website i'm more than happy to do it man I don't need any promotion. Uh, you're not doing, are you doing a video for this? No, no, I'll make it, I'll make it uh, sound. But I, I definitely want to have you on. Full disclosure, Conrad very graciously jumped in last minute because uh, something, I, the person I was supposed to interview was very busy. So something came up for her. So, um, but I always love having him. And uh, you're a great friend of mine. We work together, but I, I value the We have the many friendship. discussions like this in my car. <laughs> yes. Together, so. I definitely want to have you on, man. In our normal discussions. 
<laughs> a little bit, yes. It's a little more high level and mature, maybe. I don't know. Hopefully. <laughs> Uh, no, I think it's a little more present presentational, but yes, uh, yes, much yes. like our car combos. Yeah, dude, I love it. I I love the forum. I mean, look, I don't know what where podcasting can go, but it definitely. I felt like I've been living in a talk show my whole life, so that's sort of where I'm at. Um, yeah. All right, man. I gotta go. I gotta run. Dude, well, gotta, look, break a leg. This, uh, music. Have a good show. We'll we'll talk soon. Thanks. Dude. All right, man. Appreciate Bye. it. Bye. Thank you, Conrad, for stepping up. He had to run to a Zoom murder mystery show. Very cool. Check out the murdermysteryco.com. Check out our shows. We're doing over-the-camera virtual shows uh, for families, any sort of events you want to throw during this time. Definitely recommend the company. Uh, they put on very entertaining shows. And I... Am just saying that because I'm a part of it. Uh, yes, another episode of Open Loops ending with me complimenting myself. This might just be all I have, everybody. It might just be all I have. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Conrad, again. We'll hopefully have him on for longer at some point. Could talk with him about many ranges of topics. Um, again, great friendship, great conversations, and great audience all of you you're fantastic thank you so much this has been open loops with greg bornstein ta tiddly tiddly ta